And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from our station. Hey, we're excited about today's program as we're going to continue this incredible study talking about Gog and Magog, past, present, future, and further future. Today, of course, we're going to be looking at future roar so stay tuned for today's program but before we continue i'm going to ask nathan jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer lord jesus we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word a, a prophecy that is so well explained across two chapters lord you definitely want us to understand it and lord we want us to understand what your purposes are yes. and how that might affect us today lord we just pray for your wisdom and guidance and such as tune in lord a blessing upon them your precious name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuned into the Truth to Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. So talking about Magog, Gog and Magog, Future Roar. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Brower, Calvary D'Aventura, and the Truth to Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at www.twave.tv. Hey, if you find yourselves in the Aventura Hollandale area, drop by and be part of our ministry Wednesdays at 7.30, Sundays at 9 a.m. and at 11 a.m. And you can find more information at 305-992-9537. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to our program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. It is always great to be on. Thank you so much. Nathan, how was your week? I mean, you guys are always excited about all, all, all the things that you are that you are doing, different projects. Uh, was it a busy week for you this week? Well, you know, we just came off of Thanksgiving at the time oh. of this airing. So, or yeah. We, uh, yeah, had a little time off. But, yeah, man, back in action. Uh, lots going on here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. For folks that don't know, I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. Our our ministry exists to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ, and we do that through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, aired all over the world, and our internet, uh, our website, lamblion.com, or ChristinProphecy.org, and people can check out our articles and TV shows and videos and everything right there on lamblion.com. Woo! Excellent. Now, Nathan, before we go on, I forgot to ask you, did you cook for this Thanksgiving or your wife? If you mean I opened a can of cranberry <laughs> sauce, yeah, I guess you could say that. No, no, my wife and daughter, they, they're the cooks, so I let them do all the... I, I did all the eating and the cleaning. How's that? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, How about right, you? I'm right there with you. Those that are watching us live, they can see I put on a few pounds. That's because Thanksgiving <laughs> was good. <laughs> well, again, praise the Lord. We're thankful for Thanksgiving. The Lord has really blessed us here in the United States. And, yes. Uh, uh, that's a, a blessing account, Lord. Man, you're a blessing to me. You know, we've been doing these radio interviews for years now yeah. and, and I just every, I'm just it's a highlight of the week for me man I, I really am thankful for you and all of those that the truth will set you free well Nathan thank you so much and likewise it's been a privilege uh, serving the Lord with you uh, and it's just been neat to see throughout the years right Nathan you, you hit a good point and, and it's all the things that we need to be thankful for I mean being on the air for so many years with so many different things our family seeing our kids growing together we're talking about even our kids going into the service and, and things like that right oh, yeah. Nathan no kidding man no kidding uh, and like you mentioned before, we're getting to be middle-aged, right? <laughs> getting there. Getting there. <laughs> Nathan, also, listen, I'm also excited and thankful because you guys are doing a wonderful work with your uh, inboxes. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? You have number 15, I believe. It's just amazing. 
Well, uh, we get lots of questions into our ministry about Bible prophecy and apologetics, and you know, I answer them uh, with emails and give them links to our articles and videos. But uh, for those who prefer not to read but to watch, and I have a bunch of short form videos are called called the Inbox series, and they're you know they're ranging between four to eight minutes, and it gives the answer. And hopefully, it educates, but it also entertains and enlightens. So that's the purpose me and my associate Stephen do when we make these. And, so if you have some Bible questions, and uh, we might have a video for you, check it out on our website, landline.com. We also have it uh, on our YouTube channel, which is Christ and Prophecy. Excellent. And Nathan, I love this one that you have about Israel. Should people, uh, you know, again, support Israel. And although I, I thought that was just fantastic. So for those of you that are watching and listening, you got to check it out. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, should Christians support Israel? Crazy enough, even though... You know, it's the Bible, and Israel is the nation of the Bible, and God is doing a lot of prophetic work through them, in which we're going to not only do today. There are Christians and churches now that are starting to abandon Israel, and yeah, uh, and that's unbiblical. And so, you know, we created a video because we wanted to show why the Bible says that Christians should support Israel. Ooh, and I love your backdrop, Nathan. Some wonderful ideas that you guys have to capture the audience. I think it's just fantastic. I'm looking at you wearing like this beanie hat. Talk to me. What's up? What's up? Uh, <laughs> well, episode 15 is a parody of the TV show Mythbusters. So it's not a beanie hat. It, it's a beret. Oh, I'm sorry. He's one of the Mythbusters. <laughs> he wears a beret, Jamie. And so I'm, I'm Jamie in that day. We're busting the myth that the Christians should not support Israel. So, yeah, beanie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I see you with a drill. Those who thought are watching us live, they can probably check that out there on Facebook. It's really uh, uh, fantastic. I love it, you know? Oh, well, thank you, man. I appreciate uh, We do put a lot of work into them, and we hope that they're a blessing to those who watch them. Praise the Lord. So, Nathan, again, uh, just a, a lot of incredible resources you guys have out there for people. Uh, Nathan, another quick resource we talked about was the movie uh, Paradise Lost, Genesis. And we were talking about what a wonderful work that is as well. Yeah, and, and we're tied to that uh, movie that came out recently uh, because uh, their animator, Ralph Stream, is our animator on a previous video series yeah. we did called Bible Prophecy Insights. And I had just heard that they've gotten an encore performance and now a second encore performance on December 11th. Wow. So if you have, have missed Genesis, you need to go get your tickets for December 11th and see it. It's a Fathom event. Yeah. And it, it will really help you understand that evolution is nonsense, and the Bible is the real story of creation. Ooh. Again, a lot of wonderful resources, and also wonderful, nice, clean movie, uh, right, Nate? Uh, that's what I love about the for, for the whole family. Oh, yeah, and the computer animation that Earth has created goes through the six days of creation. It's just unbelievable. Ralph really outdid himself. Beautiful animation. Absolutely. So again, guys, those of you that are watching, listen, a lot of wonderful resources for you. Another great resource is today's program, as Nathan and I have been talking about this incredible topic of God, may God, past, present, future, and further future. Uh, now, Nathan, you, you took us uh, through the Bible, through the Old Testament. We're still in the Old Testament. You brought us all the way up to uh, the book of Ezekiel. Can you give us a quick little background and then when we left off last week? Well, you had us go through the descendants of, of Noah, and those were names of people who eventually, their descendants, formed countries, Meshach and Tubal, Betagarma, and those are all people groups that eventually formed the nations that we know today as Russia, Turkey, Iran, 
we also have Russia and uh, Sudan and yeah. all these nations. And so we get to this prophecy. It uh, follows Ezekiel 36 and 37, which prophesies Israel coming back into being a nation again after being dead. It's, it's the, God is showing Ezekiel this valley of dry bones, yeah. and they come to life. They form a human being, basically. And that's a symbol of Israel becoming a nation again. But immediately following Israel becoming a nation again, we get into chapters 38 and 39. And that is the Gog and Magog War, the story of these descendants of Noah, mm -hmm. Iran, Turkey, Russian, forming a coalition for the purpose of coming and destroying and plundering Israel. Now, this coalition has never existed in history until, right. brother, this year, this year these nations continue to strengthen their alliances and continually move closer and closer to Israel's border. Right now with Russia and Syria, uh, they are moving closer to the Golan Heights, right along Israel's border. So we know that this is going to eventually, they're going to come down and attack Israel for the purpose of destroying it. And God steps in at the end of chapter 38. He defeats these, these armies. He destroys them with supernatural power and earthquakes and making them turn on each other. And then he brings fire down upon their countries. And so we're going to see... Uh, as we go through the text here in chapter 39, which is this, this more elaboration of chapter 38, how this war will play out. Mm, excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan, for the background. Again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, you're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we look at Ezekiel 38 and 39, talking about Gog and Magog, future roar. So yes, Nathan, if you can continue to take us there through uh, ending of chapter 38 and 39, I think that's fantastic. What a wonderful backdrop you just gave us. Well, certainly. Well, the end result that, of, of this war is this unbelievable force comes against Israel. Even Israel with all its power, uh, Israel is likely defeated its surrounding neighbors, Egypt, right. uh, Syria, Gaza, Lebanon, in the Psalm 83 war. They feel they're at peace and then surprise. Russia and this coalition tries to destroy them. Mm -hmm. And the purpose is, verse 23, Thus I, God, will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Yeah. So this future war is happening. God gives Israel this tremendous victory, uh, not just to defend Israel, but primarily so that the world will know that there is a God. Mm. Nathan, that's a very good point because it seems like today people are living like there is no God. I mean, you turn on the news, oh, yeah. you, you, you look at the hideous crimes that are being committed. And, and uh, just even uh, I was even thinking about the situation in North Korea right now, how careless uh, this individual is. Well, he doesn't really care about his nation or the people knowing that. A war can break out at any moment and that they could be wiped out. And it seems people think that they are God, much like Kim Jong-un. I don't even know how to say his name, you know? <laughs> yeah. Kim Jong-un, my, my, my father calls him King, Kim Ping, Ping Pong. But it's, uh, <laughs> Kim Jong-un, yeah, he's a third generation uh, from right. the Korean War who has his country worship him as a god. Right. Can you believe that? And he, he persecutes the Christians. They basically live in concentration camps. And now he thinks he can take on the world. I mean, it, that's what happens when you give these hideous dictators like Kim yeah. Jong-un or the Ayatollahs in Iran nuclear weapons. I mean, you can't have madmen with nuclear weapons. So, yeah, 
they live like there is no God and they themselves are God. And God, the God, is going to put an end to that scene. Excellent. And that's why, uh, see Nathan, and, and here we see this example. Ultimately, hey, God is in control. God does have a love for Israel. He's not through it. He's going to protect them. Uh, and I love that because you share that in Ezekiel 38. Uh, the last time we talked about this um, there in uh, verse 19, I thought it was fantastic where it says, For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken, surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of it. So it talks about how God is jealous for his people. And he's going to show eventually the whole world uh, that he is the true and the living God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is definitely future because, for one, Israel hasn't uh, subdued the nations around them. And right. Two, these, this coalition that does exist today for the first time in history obviously hasn't come together to attack Israel, but it's certainly leaning on Israel. Mm -hmm. So this is a future war, and, and I believe because God isn't working through the church here. He's working directly, yes. and he's, he's the focus is on Israel that this is a war that will happen after the rapture. So if you are saved and you know Jesus is your Savior, you will not see this war on earth. We will be up That's in right. heaven. We'll have our new glorified bodies. We'll be celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb. Woo! We'll be preparing with Jesus to return. But this war is coming. And now this war should not be confused with Armageddon, which is a totally separate end-time war. This war will happen likely just before, at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. And we know so because the text here in Ezekiel 38 tells us that the Jews spend seven years cleaning up the aftermath right. of it, and they won't be doing that in the Millennial Kingdom. So it's got to be just before at the onset of the tribulation. Mm, excellent, Nathan. Thank you for sharing the timing with us. I'm sure some people watching or listening were wondering about the timing of this, and I'm in agreement uh, with you. Of course, we know that there's some that would disagree, and uh, great Bible teachers agree and some disagree, but... Here we're giving you the timing, the timeline. And then as we move into chapter 39, Nathan, what I love about chapter 39 also is that, is that it starts to clarify even clearer the names of who the players are going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's like the Genesis account where you get in Genesis 1, you get a summary of what happened, and then you get in chapters 2 and 3 and you get more detail. Yeah. Chapter 38 is a summary of what God's going to do. Chapter 39 is where God goes in much detail. This is a war that it, the con amount of context shows that this is a war that God sees as a pivotal moment yeah. in his prophetic timeline and for the nation of Israel. So, brother, this is a major, major war that all the signs of the end times point to the fact that we are getting very, very close to this time which therefore means we're getting very close to the rapture of the church. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, you, you uh, mentioned that as well, that I think is a very good point for people to recognize too. It, it, it's that the, the God has a plan. He has a time clock, and it's ticking. And those individuals that study biblical prophecy, those individuals that take time to look through the Word of God, they can really discern the signs of the time and what's going on and how close we are. Some other people appear to be oblivious, but the reality is all these events will happen, and you mentioned, Nathan, even up to last year, we've seen this lineup of nations like, like never before. Oh, just in this past week, Russia, Turkey, and Iran all met together for planning. So these are nations that have always been against each other, but now they're aligned, and they're interested. They're very much in Syria dealing with ISIS, but it's just to get a foothold in and get one step closer to Israel. So Israel is clearly concerned that week after week, they come out and say, hey, you keep approaching us in Syria. We are going to fight back. Yeah. 
But eventually, this war will be so huge, these armies will mass, they'll actually, we read about how this occurs on the mountains of Israel, mm -hmm. which means their armies make progress inside the borders of Israel. And uh, the disaster that happens is this fire befalls them, and it takes seven years for Israel to clean up the mess. We then know that this is going to be a war uh, which we believe to end all wars. That's it, right. It appears that way. It's almost like World War III. But believe it or not, it's not, because the wars during the tribulation and Armageddon are even greater threats to Israel than this one. Mm. And, and Nathan, we clearly notice also in chapter 39, this is where we get uh, Russia, we get the names more clearly. Would you be able to take us through chapter 39 so hopefully someone out there maybe is wondering, how do, how do these nations get these modern names? How do we know who they're talking about? Okay, well, 39 starts, uh, basically as 38 starts. And you, son of man... <clears throat> prophesy against God and say, Thus says the Lord God, <clears throat> excuse me, Behold, I am against you, O God, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And so these are ancient names. Rosh is an ancient name for Russia. Yeah. Meshach and Tubal were uh, descendants who eventually their lands merged, and we got modern-day Turkey. Mm -hmm. And uh, it says here that I will turn you around and lead you on. In other words, it's God himself who's, who's enticing Russia with their leader, Gog, whoever that yes. may be. Uh, I mean, if you had to pick anybody today, Vladimir Putin seems the perfect person to represent Gog, but it, Gog yeah. could be a demonic name. It could be the demon that, that sure. rules over Russia. But anyway, they come down, and they are about to destroy Israel. But verse 3 says, Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel and it goes on and on to say how the beasts of the field and the birds will devour their flesh. So as this yeah. massive army comes to destroy Israel, and God instead turns them into bird food. <laughs> That's a great summary. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I love it, and Nathan, because also I love it because it mentions how it's going to happen. It talks about verse 3, then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to, and of course in modern days we're talking about weapons, we're talking about warfare. We know also in the book of Revelation, right, Nathan, the Antichrist or the false Christ, if you will, when he comes, he comes with a bow, if you will, and oftentimes this has representations and meanings. Yeah, obviously Ezekiel's going to say, and you came with your tanks and your right. machine guns and stuff. He had no idea. And to, to him, it was bows and arrows. It was weapons of war. So that's what we're saying here. We're not, the, the Russians aren't going to show up on Israel's borders with bows and arrows. That, that's just a given. Now, nobody will show up on, on Israel's border with bows and arrows. But again, Ezekiel's talking about weapons. Weapons will come, weapons will be used, and of course they will be modern-day weapons. And as we get actually later in chapter 39, Israel will burn the weapons. They'll take yeah. the fuel and repurpose it. They, they might burn the stocks on the guns. Uh, some have even said that some Russian tanks are made of, made of lignus stone, which is a burnable material. Which beats me why you want to build your tanks out of a flammable material. But right. You know what I mean? They're, they're, Israel is going to, to deal with this. So again, and then verse 7, God reiterates, so I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nation shall know that I am the Lord. So we've got a point here where, where the world doubts that there is a God. Yes. See, at the, at the end of this war, the world will know there's a God. There shouldn't be an atheist left on the planet. So going yeah. into the tribulation, every person on the planet will know there is a God. So... 
that they are without excuse when they either choose to yes. follow Christ or they choose the Antichrist and worship Satan. Excellent point, Nathan. And again, maybe you just tuned into the program. And let me tell you, this, this message is very powerful because there's a lot of people doubting who God is today. Is there a God? Today people are worshiping uh, Mother Earth. They're worshiping all these things. Right, Nathan? And the Bible clearly tells us we're not to worship the Creator, uh, excuse me, the created thing, but we are to worship that one, that Creator. And there's evidence of God everywhere for those who really want to see it. Right, Nate? Oh, yeah. yeah evidence is there. Romans 1 tells us that man is without excuse. We can That's right. look at the invisible qualities, the creation, the complexity, and know there's a Creator. So this adamant atheistic anger that's pushed towards forcing everybody to believe in evolution, you know, in their heart of hearts, the Bible says they're willfully ignorant. In other words, they, they choose the lie. They choose to not believe because their hearts have been hardened against God. So, uh, we know this is the case for people. Now, we can read in 2 Thessalonians 2 right. that those who have seen the rapture and then they believe a lie about that. They know that God has, has done that. They, they know that the rapture is out there, they know there's a God, but again, they choose a delusion too, and because mm -hmm. of that, like Pharaoh, who continually had chance after chance after chance to choose God and disobeyed, God hardens their hearts so they no longer have a chance, yeah. and those people will choose the Antichrist to worship, so it's a sad time, but brother, the, the way the world's going now yeah. is going to radically change in a not too distant future. Excellent point. And Nathan, again, this is this is just uh, not only speaking to what's going to happen in the future uh, in the area of Israel, but we notice this is something that's really going to affect the whole world. Oh, well, just think about it. If Israel finally has to subdue their hostile neighbors in a Psalm 83 war, that means Israel had, will have grown and be able to cover Egypt, right. Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Gaza, possibly Saudi Arabia, they will be larger. So they will become a superpower. They will have control right. over all the oil and resources. Uh, then you have Russia, Turkey, Iran, the Stan countries, Libya and the Sudan coming against Israel. God defeats them, decimates their armies, and then sends fire, as it says here in chapter 39, on their countries and destroys them. So picture the world without Russia and Islam. Yeah. Islam here, we're talking about Islam no longer being a power player in the world. Brother, this will radically, radically affect the, the population of the world, the geopolitical. And then, of course, uh, you're asking about the West, probably, in China. Yes. Well, after rapture, so many millions of Christians will be raptured out of America, That's uh, Africa. Right. Uh, the church in China is huge. It will put those countries back as well so that they're not players either. And that allows the Antichrist to rise out of Europe Mm -hmm. and then make a peace treaty with Israel, the only other superpower, and then the Antichrist will use that peace and hide behind it to go and conquer the rest of the world before three and a half years into the tribulation, he turns on Israel and tries to destroy her. Yeah, and that's when we get, uh, of course, the book of Revelation speaks extensively in details uh, regarding that. And uh, like you mentioned, Nate, I think it was good not to get people, not to get this confused with the battle of Armageddon. Although when you look at What's going on here? People might get it confused, but this is different. It is, because again and again throughout these two chapters, the Ezekiel goes way out of his way to explain right. who the players are. Russia, Turkey, Iran. He's not talking about the whole world. Now, when you get to Armageddon in Revelation That's... 19, it's all the nations of the world under the Antichrist against Israel. So it's a very different war. The players are different. 
Uh, actually, the location is different. Agag and Magog is on the, the mountains of Israel, but here, an Antichrist makes it all the way into Jerusalem with his armies, and uh, Armageddon happens in the valley of Jezreel, not in the mountains, but the valley, which is the valley of Armageddon, as we call it. So they're both very different wars, and it's also different than what we read about in Revelation, about a reference to Gog and Magog, which is another war, but that one happens at the end of the Millennial That's Kingdom. That's right. Second war of Gog and Magog, if you will, which is a kind of a reference back to this war that we're talking about. So mm -hmm. the Gog and Magog war we're reading about in Ezekiel 38 and 39 is not the war that will happen at the end of the Millennial Kingdom, where Satan's released after his thousand-year uh, imprisonment, and he rallies the millennial children who want to rebel against Jesus together and try to overthrow. As a matter of fact, even the victory of the second God and Magog war, Jesus sends fire down it and burns up the enemies. Boom, it's done. But here, when we Ezekiel 38 and 39, it's a much more protracted yes. type of destruction. Earthquakes, hailstone, uh, the, turning the, name, the armies against each other, sending fire back onto their own home countries. It's a different defeat Mm -hmm. than Armageddon and the second God and Magog War. And I, I apologize if that's complicated. There's a lot of prophecy and, and war, but right. uh, let me just let me just believe me, there there are <laughs> major differences between the first God and Magog War, the Battle of Armageddon, and the second God and Magog War. That's we here are only talking about the first God and Magog War. Exactly. And that's why we're getting into past, present, future, and then further future. <laughs> So, yeah, I love how you titled the series, because Further Future would be a second Gog and Magog war that looks back 1,007 years yeah. earlier and makes a reference to it, but it is not the war in Ezekiel 38 and 39 that we're talking about here. Absolutely. And Nathan, what I love about the Bible is in case anyone has any doubts when this is going to occur, if it's going to occur, uh, verse 8 there in uh, Ezekiel 39 uh, puts it very well. Can you take us through a few more verses, Nate? Sure. Verse 8 goes, Surely it is coming, and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and bucklers, bows and arrows, the javelins and spears, the, the, whatever weapons they are. Mm -hmm. And they will make fires with them for seven years. So here we got Israel going out, right. and for seven years, all the weapons that were left over, Israel will then repurpose for their own fuel. So we're, this seven years then it can't be Armageddon because right. right after Armageddon we're into the Millennial Kingdom. Absolutely. And it can't be the second Gog and Magog War because that would put us into the eternal state. So this is a war that happens just before or at the onset of the seven year tribulation. And, and it's those seven years right there. You can't get more you later can't. than that. <laughs> exactly. And, and then yeah. it, it seems that this is the passage that sort of throws everybody for a loop, right? I mean, when you read commentaries after commentaries, it seems this is like the, the, the puzzle to the piece. <laughs> it is. And people are like, well, you know, it's three and a half years right. before the tribulation because the Jews have to flee in the midpoint. And I disagree with that one because why can't the Jews have stockpiled the fuel in Petra where they hide out while the Antichrist is attacking them? You know, they can use the fuel for seven years. And, uh, to me, it's just, there's no way that between the rapture and the tribulation that the earth could survive three and a half years with the restrainer removed, as Christ said. So, but again, yeah. that, that's a whole different story. A whole different... <laughs> and that's why we were just, we just trying to give that as a little bit of food for thought for those that are tuned in for today's program. But what I love, the, the Bible is clear, verse 8, surely 
it is coming to pass. Right, Nathan? I mean, surely means when the Lord said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. The Bible also speaks that there's a day for every man on this earth when God is going to call you home. And surely, sooner or later, you're going to find yourself face to face with God. And the question is, do you have a relationship with him? And that's why Nathan and myself, oftentimes before we close the program, we oftentimes plead with you that are watching us live. Maybe you tuned in out of curiosity. Maybe you tuned in because you like Bible prophecy. Maybe you tuned in because you wanted to hear the latest thing about Russia. But listen, nothing happens by coincidence, but it happens by divine appointment. Nathan and I recognize the Lord made you tune into this program today because he loves you. He has a plan for your life. And we want to speak to you that maybe you have not turned your, your life around to Christ. Uh, Nathan is going to just share with you briefly how you can start that relationship even right now before it's too late. So, Nate, would you mind once again just maybe speaking to that person on the other side in terms of how they can come to know Christ? Well, certainly, man. Well, we're dead in our sins. Uh, the death penalty for our sin hangs over us. But God didn't want us to be separated from Him. Yes. He wants people to live with Him forever and have chosen Him. And you can choose Him right now by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Pray from your heart. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. Mm. And therefore, that the punishment that was meant for you has been... Uh, Jesus Christ has, has lived it and has carried upon himself, so you are then covered by his blood, Amen. you are now free of the death penalty, and you can inherit the eternal promises of being with Jesus Christ forever in heaven. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that simple but yet powerful message. And listen, maybe you're on the other side, and the Lord has pricked your heart, and you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, wherever you are. We want to hear from you. Give us a call at 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. We would love to rejoice with you. We would love to send you a Bible and some material so that you may continue to grow in this wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. God has a wonderful plan for your life. He loves you. So, Nathan, that is amazing and uh, just an, an incredible, incredible uh, passage, of course, uh, there's just so much here. So we want to encourage those of you that are watching, listen, meant for homework. Make sure that you continue to read through Ezekiel chapter uh, 39. It will make us happy, right, Nathan? <laughs> it will. It, it, it's an amazing chapter that, that will change your life because finally the God of justice shows up on the scene. That's yes. what we're all been waiting for. Woo, praise the Lord. And of course, uh, Nathan, we ran out of time for uh, this segment of the program. But man, like wow. always, I want to thank you so much for opening up these scriptures and being part of our program. Thank you, brother, for having me on. God bless. Awesome. Great to have you. And of course, for those of you that are watching and listening, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. So Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, we want to say goodbye to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And remember, even though the program is over, if you're in need of prayer... Give us a call, even off the air, 305-992-9537. We would love to uh, pray with you. And of course, keep your eyes on Jesus. He is coming back very, very soon. Have a great day. Have a great day.